Okay, so it is recording now. Well then, let's start. Human creativity is an unbelievable force. But for every great invention and idea that's designed with a clear purpose, there are several shots in the dark that seemingly come out of nowhere. Connecting unrelated dots, meeting unnecessary needs, leading our species in questionable directions. What's even more amazing is that many of these quests and creations have become amongst the most adopted elements of the modern age. In this podcast, we explore these terrible ideas and present some thoughts on what potentially sparked them and examine what we think made them work. Welcome to Terrible Ideas. So this is a bit of a strange occurrence because you and I are not in the same building. We're not. Uh, I, I would say uh, correctly that we're not even in the same uh, area of Toronto. In fact, we're not even in the same official city, are we? I mean, no. are you? Right. Oh, no, I'm very far away. And we may never be in the same room ever again. Oh, you think that's really the case? I mean, look, I... I, I how many of the I, Mad Max movies have you seen? Uh, let me just see. All of them. Okay, so, and the last one was quite good. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it was great. Fury Road. Yeah. Fury Road was really good, but all yeah. of the Mad Max movies are pretty good, right? Yeah, well, uh, pretty good is a good way to put it, because Beyond Thunderdome, although I was really excited about it when it came out, in retrospect, isn't that great in the in the ca- the canon of mad max the, yeah it's it's not the yeah. best one but nonetheless the world yes. of mad max and the world we see outside right now i would argue that the world we see outside right now is the closest to the world of mad max that we've ever been in so far so um i don't know if you did you watch the entire fury road yeah so that world was pretty shocking uh, and, and uh, animalistic. Uh, even though I've seen grumpy people at the grocery store, it was nowhere near as terrifying as the people putting kind of half-human individuals on the front of their car with masks. But we're not there yet. But I would argue <laughs> that right now the world we are in, so for, for a reference point, Today is April the 6th? Maybe? 6th. April the 6th. April yeah. the 6th, 2020. Um, as everyone... we're, we're, in, we're in Toronto. I guess we should clarify. I'm in downtown Toronto, and you are in... In suburban suburbs. Toronto. Okay, yeah. suburb of Toronto. And yeah. okay. the, realistically, I think, right, and right now we're about a month and change, maybe two months... We're a month and change into this, the, the first serious phase of this pandemic. This could turn out in a number of directions, right? Um, but I think that we are the closest we've been in our lifetime to the world of Mad Max. Okay, that, that I could say, fair enough. We are the closest we've ever been. I don't know, but that's kind of 
like uh, saying, you know, as you drive by Hershey's, Pennsylvania, that it's the closest I've been to the most amount of chocolate I'll ever be near. But that's, that's a really bad analogy. But that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um, yes. When, is. when you're is. in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you are the closest you have ever been to Willy Wonka, ever. Exactly. Except that you haven't gone into the factory and you haven't, um, um, you haven't swum in the chocolate syrup or drowned in chocolate. You haven't. You're just close to it. Sure. I, we, I, we can still drive past Hershey's and move all the way. But the simple, the, the, simple fr- the simple frustrations we see nowadays happening and causing us stress are things we never thought would have happened. So like today I was sitting in front of my house and I watched people like uh, walking down the street and I thought they were too close to each other. And I'm sitting there like, like the, the thought police being like, you're too close to each other in my head, right? And I yeah. saw a guy run through a stop sign and I was like, you should go to prison forever. <laughs> and like, that, that's not exactly the way that I was thinking about things before. So I love that you called yourself the thought police and you actually, all you were though, is thinking the thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, which is not really what George Orwell had in mind, right? When he called it the thought police in 1984. I don't but, believe. But everything changes. And like, yeah. I, regardless, like in our lifetime, we've had a lifetime of complete peace, at least here, and complete yeah. happiness. Um, what are, any problems that have happened have been individual problems, things like health, things like, um, but we haven't had like a, luckily, we haven't had like a space invasion or like. Um, no, or, or a pandemic. Or, right. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. this is terrible yeah. ideas. Um, so the podcast where we discuss all the terrible ideas that exist. So uh, I, I wonder if um, we should, like, I, I don't want to, do we want it to be COVID focused or are no. we going to, okay. All right. Okay. No, it, it just so happens that like we We're have to be here, but, but like, okay. I, I think it's impossible for anything not to have at least some sub subtone of that just being that it's the dominant force of our time. Okay. And just, uh, you know, the bad ideas or terrible ideas, I'm sorry, are uh, we explore uh, a number of terrible ideas. Uh, we have a conversation about each one of them, why they're terrible, or maybe we might not agree, right, on whether they're terrible or not. Right. And the person uh, who believes they're terrible will have to present their case. Okay. Good. Daniel, uh, full disclosure to our thousands of uh, listeners, Daniel has prepared for today's podcast by coming to the table with a couple of terrible ideas, whereas his his partner in crime has done probably a really terrible idea, come to a podcast to speak completely unprepared. So uh, let's start with Mm -hmm. your first terrible idea. So my first terrible idea... Um, Nick, I think that cruise ships are a terrible idea. (laughs) I think cruise ships are a terrible idea on a number of levels, but, um, I think that, I mean, right now it seems like there are particularly, particularly, um, their terribleness is being shown to some extent 
But let's discuss cruise ships. I, I'm not going to, you're not going to get a lot of conflict from me on this one. Um, uh, I've never subscribed to the cruise ship bandwagon, which is an odd metaphor to use for cruise ships. But uh, I've never thought uh, that cruise ships were a good idea. Um, but I don't want to, ju- I'll jump in. I'll let you start though. I'll let you Have start. Have you ever gone on a cruise? Well, so the reason I say they're a terrible idea is because I've never in a million years wanted to go on one. So you've never and been on one? No, I think they're such a bad idea that I have no interest in ever going on one. Even before COVID and all of the horrific things that have happened on cruise ships since uh, that started. Cruise no, ships, so are, they're fantastic. So I, I've been on quite a number of cruises. Um, when I was a kid, um, we, as a family vacation, we'd go on cruises. And I'm thinking about it, like, I've been to, oh, uh, countless countries that all look the same and sell t-shirts with whatever the catchphrase is of that year. So, like, when I was a very young kid, all the t-shirts would be like, you can't touch this, Bahamas, you can't touch this, St. Kitts. They were all, you can't touch this t-shirts, right? Uh, I'll be back, uh, Tortola. Right. I'll, I'll be back. Actually, I'll be back probably was one of them. Or the Bart <laughs> exactly. Simpson ones. It was like, and then some of the countries would have t-shirts that yeah. were, um, that were, uh, I would say, less, uh, less, uh, less positive. So there'd be like things saying, there'd be a person who, a cartoon character, and it would say like, I farted, Antigua. Right, whatever, right? What? Yeah. Those like, were actual, that was the creative that somebody spent a lot of time printing? And the weird thing is that every one of these countries you'd stop at, you'd always get the same, the, the, the same kind of artwork and different catchphrases. This yeah. is not where I'm going with this. It's just as a side right. note. But the, uh, yeah. And also, these are all like incredibly diverse cultures and incredible places to go I, i've been on cruises in the mediterranean and the caribbean um, my parents have been on cruises in australia and asia um, hmm. but with the reason why cruise ships are a good idea is because they're really quite enjoyable if you choose the right one but they're terrible for so many other reasons number one they're a terrible idea because you minimize the culture of a, of a place to Basically, like a 35-minute walk around of a, a faceless pier or a three-hour Jeep tour of whatever kind of canned tourist experience you're going to find. Or like you basically, it's like you take the culture out of a place entirely. And it's possible that you can go to all these different countries in a week and never really know where you are. That's number one. Number two is... Cruise ships are a terrible idea because they, I think they're the biggest polluters in the world uh, in terms of pollution. I I believe that the cruise fleet in the Mediterranean every summer equals the number of cars in Europe in terms of emissions. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think I am. The third reason why they're a terrible idea is they completely abuse all the humans that work on them. They find people in very poor countries to work for incredibly long hours under slave-like conditions on the bottom deck of a boat 
for months on end, and they flag themselves under places like Liberia or um, or any of the or any of the other uh, kind of tax haven countries, um, as opposed to following labor laws of places like the U.S. or Canada. Um, also, there, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, also, they're a terrible idea because if one person gets sick on a cruise ship, every single person on that cruise ship is going to get sick, um, or at least has the very high risk of getting sick. In the current situation, that's obvious. But even before this, remember norovirus? Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Okay, so, I, I, I've ranted. I, Go. I, it was really good. So, um, minimizing the culture, pollution, abuse of employees, and the spread of germs. I, that's a quick summary of your rant. And I think that they're really solid, um, uh, solid rationale. The reason I think they're a terrible idea, including, uh, including all of those excellent points you've made, is I never want to feel like a prisoner on holiday. That's it. And, and on a cruise ship, I know I've never been, and I know I should try things before I judge them, but I'm going to just speak anyways. <laughs> on a cruise ship, you are stuck inside the confines of a, not just a building, but a building in the middle of nowhere on the water. Sure, but the, the large cruise ships are very, very big, very, very big. Um, where you you can actually feel some sense of uh, of uh, being part of a world. Um, I took uh, the last cruise when I guess two years ago. We took a a small boat. They called it a yacht, but it wasn't. Eh, it was like a hundred persons on the hundred guests in the boat. We did it in uh, in the south of Spain. It was pretty spectacular, but. It was just the same amount of like, uh, just kind of like userous first world. Um, yeah. Like, and did I feel like a bad person for doing it at the time? No. Now maybe a little bit more, um, but clearly we were. I mean, we were in the wrong of life. Um, mm. There was that great movie, The Fifth Element. You ever see that? The Fifth. Element. That's the way he says it on the yeah. trailer. No, never saw it. But it's a Luc Besson film. You never saw it? I know, I know. So one thing you should do during the next seven months of quarantine is go see The Fifth Element. <laughs> um, that movie do I have is, to go and see it or can I just see it? There, You can choose what you do. <laughs> but the, uh, that movie is fantastic good. And there's a All scene. Right. Um, so part of the movie takes place in a place called Flotsam Paradise which is basically a spaceship that's a floating cruise ship. Oh, yeah. um, and it's like cruise ships, they cap, if you do a cruise and forget about all the horribleness you're doing to the planet, the people, and uh, potentially your own health, and you get out of it alive, it's really enjoyable. So, okay, I, I'm gonna, I, I, I have a hard time with it. Um, I don't think I'll ever do one. It's just never been something that I, I, I and so, and, and by the way, you're not selling it on this podcast, <laughs> the concept of trying it. Uh, but I would say that I have done for, and have felt the same things that you're talking about 
the all-inclusive experiences in the Dominican or in Mexico and in other countries. And I often feel the same thing, which is I'm, uh, I've barely seen the culture. Having a Mexican night at the resort in Mexico means very little to actual Mexican culture. I'm not seeing real things happening. Um, the amount of people coming together and living in, in the confines of a compound and the amount of waste we're creating is massive, so it's not good for the planet. And guaranteed, for the most part, they're not paying the employees enough for them to travel away from where they need to live. So uh, I am uh, just as guilty of participating, but not on the water, on the land. So I've never gone to an all-inclusive resort, and I've never, uh, I've been to resort type things, um, but also the fact that we're having this conversation just showcases how, like, how the world um, kind of is a terrible, terrible place. And we were lucky lucky enough uh, out of the, like, I I feel like we won the lottery of life. We could have been born anywhere and we could have been um, put in any situation. And the fact that we are even able to consider going to a resort or a cruise ship as an option for ways to spend our leisure time when we're not working the fields to supply our family with enough food to sustain them. Yeah, I I would agree. Do do you think that, and I guess this is a tangent, but it's apropos of our time. Do you think that um, coming out of this um, period of time, uh, there will be a reset on how people decide to spend their leisure time? Do you think that, do you think the cruise ship industry is dead? Do you think that resorts or all-inclusives are dead? Or do you think it's just going to be a slow uh, escalate, escalator ride back to normalcy? When oh, I, I I'm putting I, normalcy in quotes. I, I think it would be, first of all, I don't think the businesses are dead by any means. I think they're going to be thriving businesses. I think also, mm-hmm. um, like, people are very bad at judging time. And they're very bad at judging um, their own personal perceptions of things and how they think they're going to happen. The future we're very bad at. If you would have told someone in 1944, um, hey, we're going to go vacation in Japan this summer, you'd be like, what? That's crazy. Right. right? Yeah. Um, or, uh, I mean, any one of a number of, uh, of things. Or I, I think that in the immediacy after this, um, depending on how it plays out, but I, I think that in the immediacy after this, we're going to see a huge number of people want to return to normal as fast as possible, return to the perception of normal. And I think that there's going to be some limitations on the cost of things and the amount of disposable income people can spend. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think that uh, we are going to see all those businesses come back to life. And I think you're going to see a lot of excess too. I think people who live through a tragedy of any kind, and this definitely is one of them, uh, tend to be uh, more inclined to live to the fullest than not. Yeah. Do, do you think going back to the topic of our, uh, or the, the thrust of our podcast, do you think terrible ideas will thrive? The podcast? Or do you, our podcast. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> In general, do you think 
terrible ideas yeah. in general, not the podcast, will thrive. Like, yeah, you think that you think that more so than before. No, I think the same, the same as before. Same as before. We're going to go back to the status quo. I, I'm all, well. There's no status quo. I also believe that there is no there is no middle line. There is no normal. Um, over time, some of the craziest things you can imagine have happened in the world. You know, we've had like battles where a million people lose their lives in a, in a weekend. Uh, we've had uh, both good and bad things happen, right? And yeah. the world overall doesn't change that fast um, for for most of us. I, I think that our life going in and our life going out will be relatively the same, just mm. with with a couple really um, probably terrible bars in that in that score. Mm. Okay. Well, what the hell do I know? I don't know. The, the well, I, 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 but but it's, it doesn't matter. It's the it's a perspective. I I um. I'm in the basement I of my house. I just wonder. Yeah. Well, so am I. Okay. Uh, uh, so what do, what do I know either? I, but we're here talking about it and I'm, I'm wondering if terrible ideas will, um, there'll be more room for terrible ideas because people are looking for ways to um, try things out, innovate, do different, take different approaches, or are people going to be more, uh, have more scrutiny around, greater scrutiny around ideas and go, mm, I'm a little more conservative now about how to, to approach this. Well, I, I, I don't think there's any parallel in our lifetime that we can, uh, that we can think about. Um, but I do think that if you look at people who have gone through significant tragedies, right? People who have gone through wars, survivors of the Holocaust, people who have um, gone through uh, societal upheavals, civil wars, mm -hmm. Um, and how they come out of that, that's probably the best thing to look at. I have no knowledge on what that would be, though. I have no, I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. No, no, I, no, no, I'm, and I'm not asking you to be a fortune teller. I'm just asking you what your guess, your best guess was. I, I thought it was a provocative question. That's really why I was asking it, Daniel. That's a good question. <laughs> okay. Do you want to move on to your second, uh, your second one? Well, or shall uh, I shall I throw one out because I that I've yeah, been inspired to, to think about, which is totally in, yeah, has nothing out. to do. So I've been thinking about uh, not piano, uh, not keyboards, but keyboard guitars, like keytars. You got it. Not sitars, but keytars. And um, my son actually brought it up to me and said, "I don't see the point of a guitar." I said, "Well, it allows the musician." to be kind of outward facing instead of down. But for the most part, I don't get it. And he said, then he said, then why don't we have the reverse, which is a ah. guitar keyboard? But you do. Um, well, we have the lap, the lap guitar, but that's not the same as taking the guitar and making it bigger, right? It's still fairly small. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. Still have go so my point is this. I, it's not about, that wasn't the question. My point was simpler. My, my, my terrible idea was the key tar. The key tar. 
Which so I think I, I would disagree with. It's a terrible idea, and I'm going to say why, and then you can disagree. And this is great. Um, I think it's a terrible idea because piano, the sound, and you are a pianist, uh, and I've never had the pleasure of hearing you play. I would like to hear you play one day, but uh, the sound of a piano, and the power of the piano, and the skill of a piano player, uh, can be. I, I don't think you can capture the same musicality from a guitar. I just don't think, I think there's another level of showmanship or showpersonship when you start to play with that, which isn't about musicality. It's about getting out and showing the crowd where you can play. So I don't think it's a, I think it's a terrible idea having the guitar. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, All right. I, I've never re I've played a guitar once um, for a second in a store. Um, but yeah. I think the idea behind it is quite good. The idea behind it is that you can, first of all, it's the forward-facing element. It allows you to concentrate on the melody line and on uh, on playing something in a, so, so when, you, when you're looking at a piano or any kind of keyboard instrument, you're looking at all 10 fingers and the ability to basically have two different lines at once, a bass line and a lead line uh, in standard rock piano or standard jazz yeah. piano. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, it allows you to have multiple kind of uh, multiple directions going on the same timeline. A guitar really focuses at that on one timeline uh, and it allows uh, on one kind of dimension of that and allows yeah. you to really get um, the 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 solo aspects. And the left hand in a guitar generally is a bend, uh, a pitch bend. So it allows it to mimic uh, the the kind of dynamics of a guitar to some extent. Um, I also think that it's uh, it's an interesting form factor. I think the idea of standing up uh, when you're playing anything gives you a very different feel than the idea of sitting down with anything. Um, but I, I would agree, which is why, you know, when Jerry Lee Lewis kicked back his seat or when Fats Domino did the same thing and, it, and took, over the keyboards uh, and they, there's a power play that's happening. And I agree, like standing up and it commands attention. Um, but I do have to ask if it's so great, why have you, you, why, you know, if it's not a terrible idea, why have you not picked one up? Well, okay, so this is just talking about it. Um, it's not a very good idea. Um, <laughs> why would you limit, why would you take someone where you can have such a, a multitude of dimensions when you play it and limit it to one and of the one, something that's not quite as good as other elements, like a string instrument standing up is smart because you can literally bend it and play with the strings and you can, um, you, you have that, that feel that, that physical kind of feel a keyboard is, it's just a collection of zeros and ones. Uh, put it onto a, a, a piano-looking type device, right? <laughs> and I, I don't think you have the, um, you can't really fake that as well. So in the end, you're, you're going to win this argument. It's a terrible idea. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, then I'm so glad. I didn't, I didn't come with anything. I, did, I came ill-prepared, but all I could think of was the guitar. And I, to be honest, I couldn't even remember the proper name for it. That's how Ill, not ill, not just ill prepared, but what a terrible idea! Like it's a terrible name, Q 
guitar. It's insulting to both the guitar and the and the piano. Well, what else would you call it? A guy board? Uh, uh, I I have no idea. I it's such a bad idea. It's such a terrible idea. I just don't think you should have it. But there, name one famous guitar player. Okay, blank. But <laughs> oh, there, there was. There's a couple really cool um, kind of uh, iterations on keyboards they've been doing recently, where they have like so. Um, there's one guy who made this kind of keyboard in the round. Um, I think he's one of the guys who plays with Lady Gaga. He does like a, a circle-shaped oh, wow. keyboard. Um, that that thing seems really cool. There is a um, I forget the name of it. It starts with an S, but it's a uh, a keyboard that really doesn't have the delineations between the keys and allows you to kind of bend uh, as you move your hand on it. And those and those also come in smaller versions too, which is neat. So I feel like the guitar is a product of the '80s. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel like. And, you know, we could quickly go to Wikipedia and look up the guitar and when it was invented. Um, any good producer of, uh, uh, of good listening would have done that already. Um, but I, I feel like all I can think of is like the, the, the person who, I don't know who it was on Arsenio Hall show that was there, that, yeah. you know, the Paul Schaefer. I feel like he played the guitar. I could be wrong. But I feel like that's the era that we're talking about. You can still buy, I'm just looking up as we speak, you can still buy guitars. Yeah? Yeah, and like, apparently the uh, Edgar Winter was a keyboard player who, uh, you know, Edgar Winter band? Yeah, sure, yeah. He used to play with uh, his uh, keyboard looped over his uh, shoulders. Herbie Hancock played a guitar. Um, the guy in Muse played a guitar. Um, th this is just my my very simple, um, very very simple Wikipedia skills. All right, but it looks like it was a it was uh, something that stemmed out of the uh, earlier developments, but then really began hitting it in the eighties. Okay. Cool. All right. Look, either way, and there were a lot of terrible ideas that came out of the 80s. Yeah. Um, I think we could. that's something we could agree on. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the 80s were neat because uh, they're the first decade I really remember well. Um, mm. And they're, I remember in Back to the Future Part 2 when he goes to the future, which was <laughs> the past now, and he goes to the cafe 80s. And I'm like, that will never happen. And now it's happening all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's great. Okay. Um, that those are two terrible ideas. The third terrible idea I want to discuss on this particular episode is um, the idea of disposable technology. Mm. Okay, so I think such as disposable technology is a terrible idea. The example I'm thinking of are yep. uh, so iPhones. Right, iPhones are the most incredible device ever made. They're they have more computing power than the first lunar lander. Um, they can do a million things, or not a million, but a lot of things. Maybe a million. I don't know. Um, probably, probably a million. 
and they're they're ubiquitous. Everyone has one, every, or something like that—a smartphone of some kind—but they only last for two years, and I don't know why that is. Um, the iPhone that I bought brand new for a bazillion dollars two years ago is now starting to slow down and the battery die out. And now I'm starting to get all these notes saying like, hey, you should really upgrade to this one. And yeah. there's no reason for it. All I use my telephone for is to text people, to FaceTime my parents during times of quarantine, and to play Candy Crush. That's it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think disposable technology is, uh, is a terrible idea. You're not going to get me arguing this one at all because anything that, that um, takes a lot of time to in, uh, develop uh, and then anything that takes a lot of money to buy and then you eventually dispose of it is, uh, is irresponsible. Um, I think to go to your, like to use the iPhone example, I do think that they do it on purpose. Like I think that they make, otherwise their their business model would never last, right? Like if everyone got one phone like we used to in the 1970s and it would hang on the wall for 10, 10 years, that's not a business model. You can't, you can't. Okay, but cars also are similar, similar, right? Cars are disposable technology. A car will last you for X number of years and then it will die, right? In some way, if you don't take care of it. Yes. Um, but then you go to a place like Cuba where they have cars from the 50s still running like new, right? Because yeah. they take care of them all the time. And, uh, and, and the environment helps, right? Same with Australia, right? You can have a car that lasts 20, 25 years there because they don't have the salt, cold sand, or sand, salt and cold that can erode the car and destroy the, the way it works. I'm not a car guy, but, but yeah. yeah I, I, I know nothing about how the world works in general, but I do know that the majority of things that I purchase that I'm intending to use a lot, right, will eventually not become like television sets. Television sets are incredible. They... They showcase the world and they yeah. change every three or four years uh, or whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. They, well, they up, so uh, I, I'm a holdout on that. So I, I have a TV set that I bought 10 years ago. Um, it's not a plasma. I could turn my camera around and show it to you. It's a rear screen projection yeah. DLP. Uh, it probably needs a new bulb uh, and it's good as new. Uh, and it's a perfectly fine TV. There's all kinds of things that I wish I didn't have, that I wish it had, that it doesn't have. But I'm refusing to upgrade it because it works. But, but there are certain things you'll buy that will be forever, right? For example, uh, we just bought a bunch of dumbbells, right, for yes. our home gym. There's a good chance that when I pass away, whether it's in a week or in a, a bazillion yeah. Those dumbbells will still be in the house and yeah. still be here. Uh, I'm looking at a set of dumbbells across the, the way here that um, have been in our possession for 35 years or longer. Yeah. Uh, Helen brought them into the relationship. She had them before we were married. Okay. So that's so, a good example. So like, that's, but that's not technology. We won't dispose of that, right? Well, isn't, isn't a dumbbell technology? Uh, not like an iPhone. <laughs> I think there's, there's, 
there's they're not officially a technology because there's no nothing there's nothing you we, can what if we start a company where we make dumbbells out of recycled iPhones uh what if i mean we could but what else could we make out of recycled iPhones that's the question why just dumbbells i mean I don't know. What if? There's so many what ifs in there. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sure there's some <laughs> art project somewhere where they have done a painting made out of recycled iPhones. Or, I I think that um, you know I look at like you you brought up um, the Fifth Element, a sci-fi movie earlier, and I think of kind of all of the things that um, in the future we wanted to have, like. I think it was the next generation or the one after that, one of the, where the iPad was introduced into one of those Star Trek shows. Like it was literally a tablet that they would hold. I can't remember. Was it the next generation or something? Discovery I, I, or? I don't know. That shows amazing. Anyways. If you watch anyways, it, you can see how they got the future right and wrong. Yeah. So, um, so I think that the, uh, we wanted all these things and we get them and they are amazing, but, um, how many, how many iPads have you had? Do you own any? Yeah. Um, I think we have two. Right. And I've, I've had personally two and we have three in the house. My son has one. My wife has one. Uh, I have one. And it is a, and then we all have phones and we all have laptops. There's also two TVs in the house. But you all share the same set of dumbbells. Yes, we do. It's exactly, this, you nailed it. Why can't we all, why can't there be, uh, maybe this is another idea, instead of making old iPhone dumbbells, why can't there be a kind of a library community for technology? Well, so I think there is to some extent, I think when you, and again, I know nothing about this, but I think that when you, um, they'll offer, you can trade your iPhone in for a new one, right? And I think the old ones go to places where, either places or uh, channels where they can sell it to um, markets that are still interested in that, right? Um, but I, I know nothing about this. What I do, what, what I've been in place. But, but you know, yeah. Sorry, sorry but that to, so I, I was thinking about dumbbells and gyms. And we go to the gym. If you belong to a gym, you go and you use the equipment at the gym. And yeah. a community will go to the Y or I'll go to my gym. And we all use the same equipment, sometimes at different times, always at different times. So we do that with workspaces, the shared workspace but we don't do it with shared technology. And why don't we? There's a plethora of it. This, this, this is probably a good idea. So I, I think we, uh, <laughs> so the idea of shared technology is a good idea. I think that at the library near our house, they have like a maker space where you can like share 3D printers. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't, but I, I'm sure I could. Yeah, we could. We could go and build a figurine out of a 3D printer of the spaceship in the fifth element. 
And with that, we will leave for another episode of Terrible Ideas. Uh, Daniel, thank you. It's a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to talking to you again in the basement. Yes.